1: And if people didn't smoke, there would be
0: no employment for the youth of today. So, once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm.
2: Today's word of the day is... Cuck.
0: You have to repeat it like a translation (laughs) service. Cuck. That was crusty with it. Cuck. (laughs) What did you just write there?
3: James Bond. I just oh. need to remember which of the ones is James yeah. Bond. Which I can archetypes? remember who Bruce Lee is. Pretty simple. Yep, easy. <laughs> and then Jim well, Kelly's Williams character is uh, was then yeah. follows, pretty sure Lee is
1: James Bond in this movie. He's the one climbing ropes. No, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I mean,
3: it. it's clearly supposed to be in it, yeah. Yes, we'll talk about it. <laughs> are we going to talk about it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I have, a, I have a summary. The classic Grossman summary. That's a thing oh, oh. The fans which fans have been waiting for I just, I just for want to break down episode. the classic
2: Grossman summary is yep. the first five minutes of the film yep. followed by your general expectations <laughs> for your thoughts about what the movie might Hey, Bud, might have a lot of been. the plot
3: work actually happens in the first five minutes. It's kind of how narrative works, Bud. Yeah, all right. I'm start, <laughs> There's I'm sadness started, in his uh, eyes. I've started calling people Bud, like, ironically. Uh, yeah, I, call I, them I, I know. Right I, know. I know. Someone it's on Twitter reason. said, why does every business school student call people Bud? And he's like, That's Not amazing. Not wrong. I call my Although mom, I'm a software but, developer now, so I've lived that life, and true. I'm past it. Yeah. You're
0: like a Why? different kind oh, of bro. Hey, right. You know, it's kind of amazing. You're actually like, it's the I'm a tech bro morphed with a business bro. Well, it's like the evolution One. of Aaron Grossman. It's like he's been every kind of bro that you no, can. No, I've be never been a frat at, bro. At some no, time. never been, been, been a frat bro.
3: bro. <laughs> you're greasy, slightly gym, bro. greasy bro. I'm, I'm no, that's a slightly okay. greasy guy. Not a bro. Mm. Slightly greasy bro is like the antagonist. I'm more of a
0: protagonist. You know what I mean? Well... Like five minutes ago, you said, I'm going to hit the gym before I go to the Bernie rally, <laughs> boys. That was like a thing that you I, oh, said. I, okay, boys. let's count the
3: bows, uh, bros. Uh, Bernie bro, yes. Uh, uh, business bro, yes. yes. Tech bro, yes. yes.
0: Gym bro, yes. Gym bro, yes. Slightly
3: greasy bro, yes. Sli- no, that's slightly greasy guy. That is different. That Can is we count a separate the number category. of guys that you are? You're slightly, uh, greasy, slightly guy. greasy guy. Slightly greasy guy. You're video games guy. Video games guy. And video games bro.
2: Oh, are you a rap guy or a rap bro?
3: Uh, I think you're a rap, I'm a more of a rap guy. Listeners, a lot of the artists I Listeners, to. Are Aaron really Grossman
1: is a multifaceted young man. That's what makes him such an interesting guy. Uh, of Valtrades. the trial of position every man um, Jack
2: contains yeah. multi dudes. Oh. Mm, that's
3: pretty good. It's <laughs> What's up, Walt? We're No, well, we're not going to top that. We might as well We're not. We might as well
2: start the episode. Malt- Thank, you for... yeah. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to Trial Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to Trilove, a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies that we saw at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can follow us at Trilove Podcast. You can follow them at Trilon
3: Cinema. My name is Jason, and you can find me at Nintendoofus. My name is Aaron. Uh, I'm
1: RB Please on Twitter. I'm Harry. You can find me at Shitake Harry on Twitter. I'm Cody. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore bh. And what an episode we have for you today! Uh, we're going to be talking about. <laughs>
2: Come on, I'm trying to be more cordial. I like that. Uh, The viewer feedback is that I'm a little cold. Um, We're going to be talking about.
1: uh... I didn't know your mom listened to the pod. (laughs) Got him. Got got him. She doesn't.
0: For the record, (laughs) Jason is
3: leaving the room. Uh, We're going to be talking about *Enter the Dragon*, the 1973 uh, Bruce Lee film. It was the final completed film before his death. The film came out one month later. I believe he died in July, and the movie came out in August. Uh, August. That's one month. Yes. Uh, yes, I did nail that. Uh, I'm just gonna give the plot summary. We're just gonna keep rolling with this. Uh, Bruce Lee stars as Lee. Uh, he is a martial artist uh, of the Shaolin Temple. I can't
2: believe you made a joke about my mom!
3: So sorry. What's that? He made he uh, he's a, a martial artist of the Shaolin Temple. I think he's maybe also a monk there. It's kind of unclear, but he is um, he is working and uh, he is you know learning from other monks of the temple. He is teaching his students, and he is approached by a, a member of the British intelligence named Braithwaite, um, who asks him to attend a martial artist tournament that is hosted by a former uh, Shaolin Temple martial artist uh, turned crime lord uh, named Han. Um, Han has been supposedly involved in kidnapping women, uh, the drug trade, all sorts of nasty stuff. And Lee also learns that his, uh, sister also died defending herself from Han's bodyguard, who will be, uh, on the, the kind of the secret lair island that Han has set up, um, for the tournament. Um, also attending the competition and, and part of the main cast are, uh, a man named Williams, who is an African American martial artist, and, uh, Roper, who is a weird kind of, I guess, American James Bond lookalike. Um, and yeah, movie kind of flows from there. Is that an okay plot summary? Flows okay. like water. So not, it's a, not it's in this movie. Reference. Reference. It is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're moving <laughs> on. Yeah. What do you think of this movie? Jason, your hosting duties have now been given back oh, to Jason. He's re-entered oh, the room. I'm back.
2: I'm back, everybody. Uh, sort of the vector oh. that I want to approach this movie from is because we all are in agreement that this movie has like maybe seven minutes of plot altogether. together. Uh, and no real character development, um, that I I kind of want to approach it first and foremost from a perspective of looking at the characters, uh, because they do have, like, I won't say well-fleshed out, but well-defined characters, anyway. You have... Uh, right,
0: I that's a good point. I think that, that I would argue that this movie has character development, it just doesn't have character arcs, which is a, a separate well, but similar thing. Character development in...
2: In as much as, like, one flashback per character is character <laughs> development. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, I like, do you feel like the movie actually does develop those characters as it goes on? They have
0: relationships with one another uh, and dis- distinct personalities. You can tell how they yeah. behave in relation to one another and, and how, what makes them distinct from one another, I suppose. Right. I guess
2: they're not all just acting completely randomly at any given time. Like, they do have their motivations. They have their reasons for being there sort of thing, but they're not ever really brought into super great focus they're not like a real part of the movie they're just part of the character um just like when i think about what i remember from this movie it is like the characters and the way they acted and the things that happened to them not like the overarching plot or like the story here because that that sort of like we said last night falls off after 20 minutes it's
0: interesting yeah um
2: you have did we already I wasn't here. Did we, li- did we list off the names of, like, actors and characters?
3: We could do that. Okay.
2: Uh, you have Bruce-, Bruce Lee as Lee, the main character. Messed up the first
3: one. Yeah. The, the R- right, out the the gate, one. right out the gate. Right out the gate. Bryce
2: Lee. Lesser-known brother, accountant Bryce Lee. John Saxon as Roper, the white man who is uh, the James Bond knockoff. Um, Jim Kelly as Williams, uh, the uh, black man from... Where- what part of America is he from?
3: not well, know if it's... was that, that ever, ever specified? Stated? He's, I don't think not, so.
2: But he comes from, like, a rough part of town. He comes from the ghetto, right?
0: Yeah, that's what he says.
2: Um, really? That's, like, the three main dudes that are in this movie, other than uh, Han, the bad guy, played by Shi K- Kien?
3: Yeah. Shi yeah. Qian, yeah. voice And dubbed over by uh, K. Luke.
0: Uh, both of, both of whom give really good performances, yeah. in my opinion. Classic yeah. villain um, performance. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Bolo Young as Bolo. Uh, he's, a, I think he he went on to have like a really good career in martial arts and uh, martial arts films.
0: Uh, he's great in this movie, so it makes sense. He
2: really like his reactions, his like I'm going to kill
0: you face. Right. Once he starts killing, the you. sheer terrifying girth of his chest. He looks and like the, Kylo Ren when he's shirtless and the, he yeah, in, yeah in it's Last just Jedi. a contrast
1: between the size of his head and the size of his shoulders. It's he's a big so dude, bizarre. I think my favorite part about Bolo in this movie is. Um, I watched it and it was the first time I had registered somebody doing the midriff grab in a fight and like succeeding. Uh he grabbed some dude's midriff and instead of like being pummeled he just picked
0: the dude up. It was there's, awesome. There's only one other instance of it being successful and it's saved by the bell, that one that you uh oh, yeah. that you shared. Yep. But midriff grab never works unless you're Bolo or Christian Slater from <laughs> Saved by the Bell. This is, is a b- classic cinema sin, I saw a video uh, on a Twitter fight, that would say
1: otherwise. Um, no but, grabbing the midriff during a true. fight.
2: You're only going to get dropped. There
1: was right, a, there's a
3: classic, get... no, this a classic midriff on Twitter the other day. I hate to bring up. Classic bring midriff, up, huh? Classic. Yeah, right. No, a uh, guy had a dude in a headlock. Oh, wait, I saw guy, this. Yeah, yeah, grabbed him by his midriff and then got the dude that had him in a headlock over, back over his head and did like a like a guile-like fucking slam on the ground. It was really good. He uh, watched a real person. fight. It was a real fight. fight. Yeah, oh, it was I don't want to watch fight. that. Yeah, it, it was, was pretty good, though. That's I want to watch, watch choreographed, yeah. fighting. choreographed
2: fighting back to the movie, Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, do we need to call out anybody else by name
0: uh, for, as far as cast? Uh, do, do, for, do we call out really Robert
2: important?
3: Wall as O'Hara, uh,
2: yeah, the, the he's bodyguard?
0: A he's, he's a big oh, deal yeah, in this yeah, film. I the first sure time that we watched that. this movie, we thought he was Chuck Norris because we're idiots. He looks a lot like Chuck Norris. I like, guess. He, he's and Chuck Norris like Chuck famously fought Bruce Lee in Return of the Dragon, I believe. Yeah. One of the other... And then also that footage was spliced movies.
3: together into nineteen other fake Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: Bruce exploitation is is probably something to talk about, which is a whole wild film genre that after this movie um, and the untimely death of Bruce Lee, uh, countless writers and directors and um, studios tried to capitalize on the popularity of and especially the posthumous pro- popularity of Bruce Lee by making what were called literally called Bruce exploitation movies, which is where they got guys who looked like Bruce Lee and could kind of act like Bruce Lee Mm -hmm. to star in Bruce Lee knockoff movies, often, like, (laughs) implying some... Either mythical or familial connection to Bruce Lee himself. Um,
3: yeah, it's it's like a weird, yeah, like mythological view of looking at Bruce Lee that, that kind of follows after someone's death. Like this is like a weird comparison, but um, I, I kind of think of like what happened with like Biggie Smalls after he died where it's like Biggie Smalls had the same thing where this movie came out a, a month after Bruce Lee's death. Uh, Biggie Small's last like actual album came out like after he had died and then it's like alright we got like fourteen verses in a vault somewhere let's just piece together a bunch of bullshit that, yeah. that's not good. You gotta think they're um, doing the same thing for Prince, right?
0: Yeah. They've yeah. Got, every, like, every single days popular and days artist of that dies. Audio that just gonna Have you heard Feel For me. You though, that acoustic cover and, uh, that they put out? I I'll link it to solid. you. It's incredible. They did the same thing with um Charles
2: Bradley after he yeah. died. Uh, he had just recorded like a solo voice memo at home and they're like this is a good song. We're gonna get the the Abbott brothers to make another
3: song. I don't know if there's him. any of that stuff that I that I like that that doesn't feel. Oh yeah, like it's all terrible. Right? It's yeah. all exploitative. Uh,
0: we watched we watched Game of Death uh, a yeah. couple months later, which is where I believe Robert Klaus, this director, he took archival footage from the uncom- incomplete Game of Death, spliced it together with a different movie that he shot posthumously, uh, post Bruce Lee's death. They literally took stills or, like, cardboard cutouts or, think, like, like, paper like yeah. cut-ins yeah. of Bruce Lee and inserted him into scenes around this uh, other actor. Yeah. And then for the fight scenes, they had the original footage from the movie that they had Bruce Lee step in for. 13 minutes, I think. But it was extremely obvious where the cuts were. Um, I It's... Both morally and in terms of craft, I think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Right, pretty reprehensible. It is.
3: It is maybe worth watching from like a vaguely historical perspective. I guess. I mean, it is. It is oh, just such a weird splice together thing like a well, frankenstein of a movie that that feels kind of gross to watch i think well,
2: that concept of bruce Flitation and like how they use his image after his death
3: does that impact how you watch enter the dragon knowing that it's all 100 like bruce do you want to talk about our, our initial watch of this movie i don't know if you wanted to get it i mean that, i've seen but... this movie a bunch oh, okay. um
0: but the last time i watched it with aaron uh i don't know how relevant all of this is sure. we'll get to the actual it's movie podcast sorry. what's relevant um but uh I we really didn't like it. Like I had a pretty miserable experience watching it. Um I found it really boring, meandering. Um I thought it was uh it was poorly directed. I thought that it was barely interested in its own story. I thought that it it sort of um didn't live up to uh, the legacy that everyone had for it this was sort of a hot take and then we watched it again last night and I didn't feel that way I kind of felt like this yeah. was actually a really good movie uh it's a fine film i it or not maybe not really good I think that it still has uh issues it's still like kind of disinterested in what it's ostensibly supposed to be depicting um in favor of being just sort of a bombastic uh genre pastiche um, yeah. fun yeah. movie which is fine uh but i don't know it's it's an interesting movie where i think that the legacy of the movie has become has subsumed so much of the critical conversation around the movie yeah that it's it's it. almost it's almost when you talk about enter the dragon you're talking about what enter the dragon represents more than you're talking about the thing itself yeah. um i don't think that we'll like break through that certainly like we're not experts i like bruce lee a lot uh i always have um and i, I i'm really into his martial philosophy and stuff we can talk about that maybe but um but the, the movie itself is interesting because it became something else because of the history surrounding it, right? Especially the fact that it was Bruce Lee's last movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his first Western movie, his first break, breakthrough Western movie. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I find the, the kind of, I don't know, the the pastiche parts of this movie maybe the most entertaining and kind of most uh, thoughtful for me, um, or the... the, the part where i get the most out of it like we were talking about the characters earlier and hopefully this is a discussion where cody can come in here and we're not just pushing them off but the the characters we were talking about um i hey, don't know hey, i
2: want you, to involve you You always <laughs> piss all over me for saying hey you yeah. look like you've got something to say and you just did that without doing that no I you didn't. just did that no, it's not you just thing. did a hit and run yeah, it's version different. of what i do please
0: edit this part
3: out yeah it's different uh no <laughs> yeah what, please edit the time part stamp out. on this 15 minutes in um i I like the the part of this movie where the characters you know like we talked about how there there was maybe a a lack of character development in this movie um i think a lot of that kind of works because it's drawing from a bunch of different stereotypes and archetypes of characters from other movies and essentially just inserting them into this film um and i think that's the part that i find the most interesting um you know before we were before we started recording I think you know I had, I had joked about uh, uh John Saxon's character uh, Roper being like a, an American James Bond and then Cody said well isn't Bruce Lee the James Bond in this movie um and I, I think one thing that I thought while watching this um was that like it, it's really kind of Bruce Lee like saying that 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 he is better than James Bond in a way right like there's a James Bond character who is given frankly little to do um but whose presence is still in the movie um and then Bruce Lee is kind of taking over his responsibilities. Um, and I find some of that stuff. Yeah, kind of I mean it's
0: it's a it's a critical reshifting of um scope and framing. Um, yeah. honestly, uh, in the much in the same way that that um, especially the first act of Fist of Fury was extremely about reappropriating the like legacy and history yeah. of the Chinese people and of kung fu and martial arts in general. This movie is setting up. It it creates. A, a typical, very James Bond, I mean, this is a James Bond movie, like Cody, you said, like it, it extremely is, like from the plot to the structure to the way that that structure develops. It's extremely close to the James Bond model. And like a James Bond movie, there is sort of a, like, there are a series of archetypal characters, right? Like yeah. there's a exploitation character. There's an Asian kung fu master Yeah, Uh, which is the sort of archetype that you could see being a side character in a James Bond movie. What this movie is saying is that, actually, what if the Asian kung fu master, again, heavy scare quotes, um, was the main character? What if it was actually about that guy, instead of that guy serving in sort of an um, appendical role to the James Bond character? What if the James Bond character was, in fact, a minor character, and we could see him through the eyes of what would ostensibly in another movie be a minor character. Yeah.
3: And I think where, you know, I think where maybe some of the philosophical elements of this movie were maybe let down a little bit. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I, it seems like you were very interested in the first 15 minutes of this movie where Bruce Lee is talking about his personal philosophy around martial arts and, um, you know, kind of uh, doing martial arts with emotion while also understanding your opponent, um, stuff that I find very interesting. I think a lot of that works a little bit for me in comparison to characters like Roper or like Williams, who um, Bruce Lee's character stands in opposition to, right? There's a scene oh, with the British intelligence officer at the at the beginning who's kind of briefing him on his his task, and he says, you know, okay, all right, do uh, you, you want a drink? And he, like, offers him, like, a beverage, and he's drinking, like, a scotch or whatever. And Bruce Lee, you know, James Bond movie, of course, yeah, I'm getting a martini shake and not stirred. Bruce Lee's like, no, no drink. And then he goes, okay, well, you'll need gadgets, you'll need all this stuff. And it's like, no, dude, he's fucking Bruce Lee. He doesn't need any of the gadgets. He doesn't need guns. He doesn't need. They
0: don't. He, do, he doesn't offer him gadgets. You misread <laughs> the scene. He, I'm sorry. He doesn't. They talk about how he can't bring guns. Bruce Lee is like, oh. hey, why can't yeah, I bring a gun? He can't
3: bring guns, but he does. There's a line before that. that uh, I'm gonna look it up on YouTube All right, it's now. Fine. It's fine.
0: Uh, Cody, hey, uh, what did? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yep.
1: No. Nah, um, I can transition myself in. The uh, um, I think the movie does pretend to. Place um, like you guys were saying that Bruce Lee is above the the Western American spy. Um, it doesn't follow through on that. Um, I think the the like the two scenes that I think back and I'm like these are like cinematically great scenes um, are both scenes containing Roper. Um, his his fight scene um, where um, he and Williams are kind of vibing off of each other. Um, we're getting into the plot in the movie. They're on an island. They're fighting. Uh, Stormtrooper esque drones, um, which I might circle back to, um, but he's uh, he you know he's in a lot of gambling debts, and so he's trying to work this fight into his favor, uh, and that like illustrates a lot about his character. He's very confident in his abilities. He's very perceptive. He's foolish with his money, um, and like I thought that scene worked
0: really well. Yeah, and Roper in general is a great character. I think yeah. uh, it, it, he's he's thinly drawn, but but what right. drawing is there is. Uh, is really internally consistent and gives you a really good understanding of who he is. Right. With the Wanna, wanna Bet um, tagline that he has, or catchphrase, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not tagline. Yeah. Uh, he does have a catchphrase. That is overused. Yeah. Um, and then the...
1: <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Wanna Bet. Uh, the the other scene that was, like, that felt more James Bondy, even though, like, other than appearances uh, and, like, complexion, he's, like, not really the James Bond character, but he has that back and forth with Han um that has like a few great beats. The the fake out with the guillotine, um, like the lead up to seeing Williams's corpse, like those are things that like when you compare those to something like Bruce Lee walking around in the dead of night playing with rope and like we're just waiting for him to fight people. And like those scenes, like in comparison, like they don't they do a lot to showcase eventually the things he's really good at. But from, like, the, in terms of this being, like, a movie, a James Bond knockoff, if you want, like, those really falls.
0: That's a really interesting point. Um, I think that this movie is trying to be a couple of different movies at once, right? Yeah. And it doesn't really succeed at being uh, very many of them. Um, we had talked about before, and this was a big takeaway from my viewing last night. Um, the first act of this movie is really good, and I like it a whole bunch. Uh, and it's, like, really well-structured. Right, um, and it, it sets up all three of the the main characters sort of pretty well um, using a, a admittedly sort of uninspired flashback uh,
2: just dream dream sequence type yeah, stuff. Yeah, like the keeps cutting to, to, crossing, to dream to
0: sequences. <clears throat> But the, the fir- very first scene, Aaron, like you had said, where uh, Bruce Lee is talking about his martial philosophy, there's some really great writing in there. Uh, and there's some really great characterization that is meant to sort of um, mirror, no pun intended, uh, the final <laughs> confrontation and, and represent the sort of um, clash of martial and um, personal philosophies between Lee and Han. Um, it, it's supposed to set up the central conflict of the movie right where like bruce lee is all about like reaction not action and flowing and like when i expand he contracts when i contract he expands and like when the opportunity presents itself i won't strike the strike will just be there um versus ostensibly um han who has a monologue in the second act after they arrive on the island about how men are unique Because they have the ability to define themselves and the way that you define yourself is through force and the imposition of will and strength is the highest virtue because it is the virtue that, um, that makes all other virtues possible. And so there's a clash between, uh, a sort of like reactive, um, flowing, uh, Receptive lifestyle and philosophy versus an active forcing, Impos- imposing yeah. imposition of will. Right, well, yeah. lifestyle. Were you referring to the monologue?
3: Because there's there's kind of two that I think of. Were you referring to the speech in front of the main chamber, or were you referring to the one with uh, specifically uh, Roper, where he's showing are, off his tools? That's and, a good and point.
0: Uh, it's both of those speeches. Uh, the introductory speech with Han. Which is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. But then there's a second speech with Roper, which Cody you brought up. The scene when he's walking Roper through his torture chamber museum, basically, and he talks about how strength is the highest virtue. Um, and you you see his his hand in a, the museum, which is which is sitting in a behind a case, <laughs> and it's it's representative of how like he's all about like making himself stronger by yeah. whatever means necessary. <laughs> um, and that sort of makes clear his his sort of. Um, immoral, amoral profiteering off of corruption lifestyle where like he's a, he's a fallen Sheldon monk because he stopped caring about the means by which he became powerful and only cared about securing as much power for himself as possible, which means that like drugging people and selling people into the sex trade was fine because it was all in service of his power. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, What I find interesting about that take is that in my reading of the movie, it, it is those opposing ideologies that's laid out like, in text, right? Right. Uh, but the... I don't think that... I Like, I think that the thematic through line, the bullet, is the confrontation of the self sort of thing, where there, that theme is brought in, obviously, with a series of mirrors near the end and that centerpiece, which feels like one of those scenes that, like, this movie is made for that scene kind of thing. Um, because, uh, like you said, Bruce Lee's ideology and his, his philosophy for fighting is to react to... Uh, occupy the space that's not being occupied rather than trying to impose your will there. And, of course, Hans is the exact opposite. It's, you know, manifest destiny. It's go conquer. Neither of those things, like, addresses the self, right? A perception of the self or the, uh, like, one's place in the world. It's, like, how you react to the world, how you impose upon the world.
3: Yeah, um, I don't I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there's a few specific lines from the first monologue that, that reinforce the concept of the self. I don't think it's especially cohesive, but... Sorry? Yeah?
2: I just want to point out, Bruce Lee doesn't ever say those things. He's taught those things. Yeah. And maybe he's a little, like, strong-willed about it, about his own, like, philosophy for, for living and fighting. Well, yeah. he's
0: also an instructor. He's a, yeah. he's like a master Shaolin monk, mm-hmm. and he instructs someone. And there's that moment when he teaches the um, kid who, how to fight, and he, he says that, uh, don't think, feel uh, – look it's like a finger pointing at the moon don 't focus on the finger or you 'll miss the heavenly glory of the moon. Mm. How uh, good is that line yeah it's an, it's an amazing line side side note uh people don 't talk about enough about how bruce lee's a fucking fantastic actor uh, also he has more screen presence than almost anybody in history, just in terms of like being on camera he 's fucking dynamite. he looks so good in this movie. <laughs> um, that was something i didn 't really understand about bruce lee's appeal until I saw like Game of Death and I saw like the um the knockoff Bruce Lee and it's like that guy was like fine but like Bruce Lee is like radiant on screen like he like bleeds into the air around him in a way that like is second to none and like the dynamicism of his movements and the way that he sells uh his fighting um both in terms of like the iconic like screams and like warrior uh poses but also just in terms of like the the command that he has over his body is incredible in this movie there's one scene where he turns around
2: and he's done like he's got his leg up in the air kicking uh and somebody comes to get him to like hey join the fight
0: i think it's han right uh
1: it's o'hara i
0: believe
2: o'hara comes by and he's like it's time or whatever and it's uh it's time and like you need to put your uniform on yeah and he's just like holds like perfectly deadly steady his leg up in the air and then just slowly drops it yeah that's that's the moment that like really showed me his his command over every inch of his right
0: so we've kind of been all over the place so far in this episode we have um there's a reason for that though right kind of like this movie is kind of all over the place so in the in the first act like i said my favorite act of the movie they set up bruce lee and they set up both his sort of professional and philosophical and personal stakes in taking down han where it's established listen like Han disrespected the Shaolin Temple, which is your temple, your philosophy, by breaking from it and becoming this warlord. Um, also, he and his henchmen killed your sister. This is the second scene of the movie, and then that transitions into the third scene of the movie where we actually see a flashback to um, Lee's sister, who is Su Lin, played by Angela Mao, credited as Angela Mao Ling in this movie. Um, she has what's, in my opinion, maybe the best fight scene in the movie. Yeah, I think maybe that's accurate. They're in a a village in China and um, uh, O'Hara and the other uh, henchmen are trying to capture her to kidnap her into the drug sex ring. And she fights her way away from them but can't receive help from the villagers and eventually is forced to kill herself instead of falling into their hands. Uh, kind of a a gross a implication. Is still fridging, right? Yeah, well, and also like I I really dislike the notion that um her being s- she was strong enough to do that, and the implication that like oh like the women who were sold into the sex trade weren't strong enough to kill themselves instead of being part of it is rough. Um especially because she's like there aren't very many women female characters in this movie. Uh, there's Mei Ling who is Lee's contact, but. She barely has any role in this movie. She like disappears from it, and eventually she frees some slaves, which is cool. But like, she doesn't even have a like, speaking line for like the back half of this movie.
1: Yeah, that's an unfortunate theme about many, many of these characters. Um, probably most notably the women, um, for as few as they are. Like, their things are introduced whether they're they're people, their characteristics, their items of characterization. And then the movie either doesn't, like, follow through on them later, or they just, like, completely get reverted upon themselves. Um, like, Mei Ling is introduced only to have no role uh, for Acts 2 and 3. Um, you know, we're led to believe that she's going to be somebody of equal playing power, uh, and that's not really the case. Yeah. Um, Roper and Williams are also, I think, pretty subject to this. Um Roper is somebody who is notably, I mean, he seems to be like Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. Like, he's just making bet after bet after bet. I don't know. This will be released after all. Very, Jeff, very James good. Reference. Topical. Um, and yet, he gets on the boat, and in contrast to Lee's one bag of luggage, Roper has, like, hilariously several. Like, a dozen suitcases. It's like, what's in there? You have, like, $60 in your bank account. <laughs> it's like, Literally, we're told that. Yeah. $63.36 or something wow, like that. Wow, right. And then uh, Williams is kind of played as a sort of foil to Roper, it seems, um, because they're they're obviously, you know, they're buddies. We know that they're, they're friends because they have a warm reintroduction with one another. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, we're going to this great island. Han is really, has really set himself up well. And then Williams points at the kids that he drove past on the boats who are, like, living in a slum. And he's like, oh, they... they you know, they're not off all that well. So you think, okay, says
0: ghettos are the same all over the world. Right.
1: Yep. And it's like, okay, you know, selfless guy. Um, you maybe we'll, we'll see something from there, but that kind of spirals into a weird direction later. He's seen to be pretty arrogant. Um, and I guess to this film's credit or discredit, um, I suppose originally Williams, Williams was supposed to have more going, um, Like his character was supposed to live, and Roper was supposed to be the one who got killed. Um, But
0: should have that should have happened. It should have happened.
1: Thanks to Roper's agent, whoever that is, he spoke with the producers and was like, "Nah, my man is uh, he's got to make it through this."
0: So you're saying that the white guy had more resources than the black guy in this movie, and therefore was able to secure himself a better, more privileged role. Correct. Cool. excuse
2: me that white man is below the poverty line and you should
3: risk- <laughs> <laughs> He yes sixty three dollars in his bank account <laughs>
0: this is like the pursuit of happiness <laughs> uh Aaron, you said something that made a lot of sense to me that might first time that Woo! <laughs> that might work into the the greater themes at at work in this movie especially um the theme of self that um jason you brought up i will point out that uh, i wrote this down in the first scene uh bruce lee's character lee says the word i does not exist um and that is the um sort of key to his fighting without fighting philosophy and the philosophy of the Shaolin is that you are meant to decenter the self from the equation. Um that was taken from a, a samurai treatise, actually. Uh you can look this up, but the writer uh Michael Allen um took a lot of the Shaolin um martial philosophy that he wrote into the first scene of this movie from um a, a samurai's sort of treatise on like fighting bushido. yeah which is not amazing um but is interesting and i i think it works with a lot of what bruce lee himself wrote about Jeet Kune Do. but anyway um aaron you said that that in reality roper and williams and even Han, they're meant less as characters of themselves than they are um, foils for Han. Yeah. Like, we're me- are not Han for Lee. We're meant to see how Lee is characterized in opposition to these characters. Like, like their idiosyncrasies and their um, personalities are meant to, like, by negative, reinforce or enhance elements of who Lee is. The fact that he doesn't drink. The fact mm-hmm. that he doesn't sleep with the women on the island. The way that Williams and Roper are extremely... um willing and enthusiastic too. um, we're meant to understand that, that Lee is a person who is not, uh, bound by material needs or bound by an obsession with the self the way that Ropers and Williams both are right. Like the thing that we take away from who they are is Roper is all about money and making money and having sort of material wealth. It seems, um, Williams is all about winning. He's all about making himself the best he can be and, uh, beating other people and, uh, coming out on top. Um, Roper uh, ends up living in this movie because there's a quote-unquote a line he won't cross, right? He won't join the evil organization to gain material wealth. He cares about his friends more than he cares about uh, material wealth in the end. So that he sort of has a redemptive arc um, in Uh, this. Go ahead. Yeah, Williams almost has that arc too, right? Like he rejects Han's offer
2: or he no, he is accused of being uh, the one who broke broken into the secret base when Lee was actually the one who did it, which... What yeah, he, kind of, what kind of a guard sees Bruce Lee and then sees uh Williams, Jim Kelly, stand like in a lineup and says, You
0: could you I
2: don't know which one of you knocked me out yeah, last night? The
0: idea was that they were both outside that night. Uh and nobody saw Lee and people saw um Williams, so they thought that it must have been Williams, even though Lee got in a fight with three different guards. Like, like yeah, it at, makes at no least, sense. yeah, and was not wearing a mask. Yeah, and just like straight up, like, like squared off with guards and then kicked them. Yeah, and then they fell over, and then they were like, I don't, and I don't they know woke who up and were like, I don't, I don't know what yeah. happened.
3: And then Will, Williams knows that it is Lee who was the other person outside of the outside of his room, uh, but he won't, he won't, he snitch won't snitch. On him. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, and he gets got because he won't yeah.
0: snitch. Well, it sucks that Williams died he's yeah. great uh, it's like so Williams- uh, and, but he's in, not in, a snitch so. in his introductory sequence uh, two cops on the street like the mean <laughs> streets of America accost him and he just beats up the cops and then steals their cop car. He punches one of them in the fucking ruled. dick.
1: There was it's a the really greatest. great dog in that scene. Yep, great uh, yep, yep, okay, yep, yep,
2: great thing to bring because, up. Because, like, was that dog introduced before that shot where no, it just no, comes and starts not. gnawing at this cop? That's the like, fucking thing.
1: Po- pound for pound, one of the best dog sequences in cinema. Those 18 frames. It, it was... lasts like a quarter of a, <laughs> of a second. It's yeah, great. Yeah, one of the cops he knocks out, uh, a dog comes from behind a fence and just starts going to town dragging he knocks the cop back. through the fence, right? Yeah. And then
0: the dog, like, just out of no where yeah. it starts chomping on this cop yeah it rules that's a Dogs amazing fuck sequence. 12. the first act of this movie rules it's so good uh, I'm defining the first act as the first sequence to when they arrive on the island mm-hmm. I think once they arrive on the island the movie kind of breaks down So you're saying the movie
1: peaks um,
0: with uh, the poor man's New Zealand version of Richard uh, Kind Parsons? That's a terrible... I like that sequence a lot. It it relies on that character being like the most like poorly drawn, like two-dimensional ridiculous character. Like high school bully. Yeah. Uh, The the sequence we're referring to is uh, on the boat over to... The island. It's actually, it's sort of emblematic of the way that this movie uses other characters, but there's a there's a New Zealand-based fighter. What's his name? Peter Archer as Parsons. As Parsons, yeah. And Parsons is just sort of like a, like, bully. Uh, he He's like, I guess, stir-crazy on this boat on their way to the island. And so he starts picking on the uh, Chinese servants that are on this boat. He steals a tangerine from one of them or, like, knocks over a boat basket of tangerines kicks the shit out of a kicks him in the butt too and then yeah, yeah when the when the guy goes down kneels down to pick it up he um hits him and then he walks over to bruce lee because i guess that he's just a racist uh parsons <laughs> is and starts trying to goad bruce lee into a fight what's your style yeah uh, and bruce lee says his style is the art of fighting without fighting um Roper asks him what he means or he says, Show me some of it and he says, Don't don't we need more room? And he says, Why don't we uh let's paddle boat over to that island over there and, and I'll show you and so of course Parsons gets in the boat, uh Bruce Lee um, moors him or out uh, onto the ocean with a, a rope, um, dangles the boat out onto the sea. Um Parsons doesn't have any paddles, so he's stranded out there. He's like, What are you crazy? Uh he gives the rope to the um oppressed chinese workers that were on the boat so that they can now mock and bully parsons deservedly mm-hmm. um it's it's great it's i don't know scene. it's a good scene it's, feel, it's very feel good feel good yeah. yeah um fuck parsons you know something the entire um, family can enjoy but 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 to that being said like parsons has no character in the yeah. rest of this movie or this movie he was only there for that scene right, right he gets
3: the shit kicked out of him by right. uh
0: what is it, Williams? I think, I think. Williams, yeah, yeah, Williams does it, yeah. Yeah. which also rules. Hell yeah, yeah. sure, yep. get him. Yeah, get it, it sucks.
1: Uh, I do agree that it very much. It sucks that Williams gets uh, he gets axed through his encounter with Han. We get. Um, like, that was a pretty good exchange. There are a handful of really memorable quotes from it. Um, Williams tells Han he's straight out of a comic book. Um, <laughs> the one line that I really liked um, th- from Han, we are all ready to win just as we are born, knowing only life, which is one of my favorite things I've ever heard of, Like a villain say. The script the is good.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the script of
2: this movie is good, honestly. It's too bad that, like, the best parts of it come through, like, once every 20 minutes or so. Like, there's a really good... Just when you're thinking that you're just, like, bored out of your skull with what people are saying because it's just the most trite, rote, like, plot-based shit. Then somebody drops one of those, and then it, like, then it reorients the film a little bit, Uh, which is tapping on a little bit about what we were talking about last night, which was that the direction really falls flat through most of this movie. Yeah, maybe
0: that's our hottest take, huh?
2: Is that I don't actually
0: think this movie is well-directed.
2: I don't think so either. I think it's good material, just not crafted into something that's super, like, stunning, right? Like... We were talking about the cinematography in particular, which you know, derel or the uh, uh, not dereliction, the uh, designation of responsibility is you know between the camera people and the cinematographer and the director. Gilbert oh, Hubs,
3: no. cinematographer. Gilbert Hubs.
2: Gilbert Hubs, uh, and Variety contemporaneously described
0: his photography work as interesting.
2: Which is the greatest? Which the mid- take down it's the I've ever heard.
0: midwestern, yeah. uh, destructive burn, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing you say when you mean it's dog shit. Yeah. And it's it kind it kind of is. I, it's about yeah, what yeah, you don't really...
3: show, and what you don't show is all the interesting parts in the fight scenes, and or yeah, hits like, landing. All of the of hits landing,
0: and yeah, the fight scenes time. in particular are, are pretty poorly composed, which is pretty damning for a movie that's ostensibly about martial arts and fighting. Well, right? You gotta imagine
2: that if they just pulled out the camera, just zoomed out by you know another couple of feet you'd see more of like the bodies moving like the the joy of expressive motion like we said in our police story episodes where it's just like a whole lot of like beautiful motion that's really fun to watch even if it's like in anger rather than comedy but this movie doesn't have like you're watching people's reactions like they're Half-assed reactions to being hit, except uh, unless you're Bolo, and then his reactions are the best thing in this movie. Uh, and it's, like, all busts and headshots, just, like, seeing how somebody's
0: reacted to being hit rather than, like, them actually being hit. Or, like, flailing body parts detached from context, yeah. right? Like, you'll just see, like, a flailing torso or a flailing limb, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe... Interesting, but I don't give the movie credit for that. I don't think it works. No. It's there,
2: and it's like definitely part of the movie now for 40 years going on. But like, it doesn't make it. There's there.
3: like a there's like maybe a extremely generous reading of the cinematography where the the camera is always focused on the pro- mainly the protagonists as opposed to the protagonists and who they're fighting. So maybe it's more about. Seeing how the protagonist is reacting to uh, yeah, it breaks down. It's just not very good. That's I interesting. Think. Uh, um, it's possible, right? I mean,
1: I like that as a take. Yeah, sure. I mean, great illustration of that is like a scene that I for I've only seen this movie one other time, and it was back in my freshman year of college. It was in like the intro film class. It was the kung fu film um, that we watched, and like I remember it like not having revisited this movie since then. The O'Hara fight scene. Like, I still thought about that, like, every, like, the, and the fact that the camera, um, you're right, Aaron, does remain on Bruce Lee for the bulk of that fight, especially the end when we, like, see O'Hara's demise. Um,
0: They play that excellent creepy synth music. Yeah, creepy synth music. Mm. They make the
1: mistake of bringing that synth uh, cue and, like, the specific slow motion um, into later scenes in the movie where it. Has less impact, but that's true. We good see point. it here. He has a great uh, leap on presumably O'Hara's skull, and we just see his Bruce Lee's face react. It's slow motion, like wailing, this like
0: a cathartic orgasm of yeah. like violence, but, like, pain. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. A, I, like that's, that's, that's so. It's so memorable. <laughs> I mean, it's what it was. It is right? what it's it like, is. It's, phrase. But, uh, uh, Bruce Lee came. That's that's a that's All a pretty right, good, that's but... a pretty good example of how this movie falls apart in the second and third acts though, specifically that scene against Uh, O'Hara. O'Hara is the murderer of his sister or the the reason for his sister's death. Um, It's meant to be the sort of, honestly, the big cathartic fight scene of the movie, probably. And it's given no fanfare or no sort of like structural plot based lead up literally it's just part of it's like we transition from scene to scene There's there are no structural rules to this tournament there are just fights that happen when mm-hmm. they happen in the movie without any sort of like like structure or understanding to why is this fight happening now why are these two people fighting it's not even clear who's participating in the tournament it seems like there are only four participants because we only meet uh, Roper, Williams, uh, Parsons and Lee and everybody else are like students who are on the island which like is han coaching these people like what what are these army of of martial artists doing on the island it they're they're students of han's sort of like dark shaolin temple i guess which is kind of interesting um but there there are no rules there's no structure to this tournament so o'hara and lee just fight there's there's literally no lead up it's just like we cut from a scene i don't remember which scene to just Lee and O'Hara squaring up. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait. Like, this is it. This is, like, this is the antagonist of the... This, this is the guy. And then Lee kills him, remembering his sister's death. And then the movie keeps going. Yeah. It's, it is just over. Nothing's connected,
2: kind of. It, like, that like, scene
0: could have come at almost any other point of the movie. I, like, did they write the... Did somebody else write the second and third act of this movie? Like, it's Indeed. so... um, It's so inconsistent. It's so irregular. Like, the, the first... <laughs> act of this movie sets up a different movie than we get Mm -hmm. in a really weird way once we get on the island and that's why i I wanted to say this movie's kind of serving two masters right we're like like introducing roper and williams is interesting and and making it a pastiche of like several different um remix culture-esque um exchanges of genre and type is really interesting yeah but also like it ceases to be a, a movie in the second and third acts. And I mean, it holds together a little bit better than I'm giving it credit for.
2: I mean, like, there are elements of the second and third acts that are, like, fun to watch. There are, you know, it, it, it has its peaks and troughs, but, like, as a whole, remembering how this movie started versus where you're watching it, like, 50, 55 minutes in is just... It's really rough. It, re- it reminds you how, like, good the beginning of the movie was right. versus where it ended up.
0: I mean, like, even the climax, like like, why... Did why why did the operation fall apart at that point? Like like Han tried to get um, Roper involved. Roper refused, and then he tried to have Roper killed. I guess, and tried to have Lee killed. They fight. Um, Goro uh, Bolo. Um, uh, side note: uh, Mortal Kombat completely rips off this movie's plot. Nobody cares. Um, Is that Star a video Wars game too? The Star Wars does? Yeah. Star I mean,
1: Wars. Not the entire plot. Finish your point.
0: Um, I don't even, like, like beat to beat, I don't understand why we got to the climax of this movie. Like, there's there are two separate scenes of Bruce Lee sneaking around, which he does by getting into a sick blue jumpsuit and sneaking around the actual compound. It's a good jumpsuit. He doesn't take pictures of anything. He doesn't gather evidence. He just, like, bumbles into guards and then fights the guards and it's cool and then he sneaks back to his room or whatever or in the second instance he gets caught.
2: Right. At the first time he doesn't even like see evidence of particular wrongdoing. He just sees creepy people being creepy, right? He doesn't see the opium being made. He doesn't see the uh, sex slaves being like uh,
1: addicted to them. He just like he's just caught and he has to run back out, right? right. Like Eventually, not... he finds the room where he can send Morse code. And, like, that's... Oh, is like, that... That's... Okay, he so that's in in yeah. the British. Is what happened? the first? That was, no, in, that was, was the, the second. second of his yeah. yeah. times. I,
2: I mean, like, in the very first one, where he's yeah. like, like, you learn nothing right. from that entire exchange, from that entire passage of the movie. And then he's seen by Williams uh, crawling back to his room. And then suddenly, where <laughs> the next day is like, oh, my guards failed, they're going to killed.
0: Right, so, like, like, the actual plan that Braithwaite had was that as Braithwaite himself said, we know everything, we just can't prove anything. Mm -hmm. What was Lee doing? Like, is it was he literally just a pair of eyes that could confirm what was happening on the island? It was like, okay, we have this ostensible reason for you to go to the island. You're our man on the inside. You're our ostensibly a Shaolin warrior who's going to fight in this martial arts tournament. You're qualified, so nobody will suspect you. You can go there and literally just see yeah. that they have slaves in opium and then find a way to send a message to us and then are, the troops will come running, which they do.
1: That's such a misuse of his talents, though, because, like, anybody could do what he did. All he needs to do is arrive at the island, beat everybody up, and, like, but I don't bird, know if he, 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 he wins personal... the tournament and he can, you know, uh,
0: set everybody loose It's that just way. so yeah. unbelievably thin
2: right, is, I mean, for a plot. super... I... I chalk that up to, like, oh, movies, like, exploitation movies in the 70s were not made for plot. They were made for, like, the like like a martial arts film in the 70s was made to see some martial arts. Right? You're and right. You do see martial arts. You're right. Not as well as it could be. But, like, in retrospect, if you're trying to find a reason to, like, really be invested in this story, it's not there because you because it's impossible not to get yeah, caught up in like, the fact that, like, why the hell is he here except that his sister was killed?
0: I think you're giving voice to a uh, a common... Oh pseudo defense of this movie and of genre pictures in general which is that like it's ridiculous to be critiquing the plot of Enter the Mm -hmm. Dragon in this way which like is fair but also it's fundamentally condescending Right. right it's like it's what you're saying that therefore is that it doesn't like Enter the Dragon doesn't need a plot or movies like this don't need plots because we shouldn't evaluate them on the terms that we evaluate other movies on they're somehow lesser or different and like Different, maybe, I can see, and, like, I think it's fair to appreciate this movie, to even think this movie's a masterpiece on the grounds of what it's doing. I wouldn't take that away from anybody, but, like, I want to give this movie enough credit to evaluate it as a movie, right? Well, every movie like, deserves a plot. Every yeah. movie deserves a story. And, like, like there are of- great martial arts movies that have all of that. Right. Um, and this Fist movie almost does. Mm-hmm. Fist of Fury is a great, great movie. Mm-hmm. Um. This movie almost does, but it doesn't, right? Like no. because again, the the whole plot. You you look like you don't totally agree. Uh, I, I
3: mean, I think I agree that the plot is uh, a little thin. I think it was enough for me. It's it's kind of like I don't know. This is maybe yeah, putting a band aid over something that doesn't need it. But it, it is kind of like the characters not having character development, where it is it is clearly a story about a person infiltrating this weird you know, James Bond mountain lair with a secret underground cavern where there's all the bad shit going on. Um, and for, I don't know, I grew up on a lot of like James Bond movies. So like me going along on that roller coaster seems like an easy pitch. Um, that's not to like, like, yeah, the, the plot is pretty nonsensical. Yeah, Q I guess. gave
2: James Bond a camera to like prove what he saw, right? Like yeah. it's, it, it falls apart at times.
3: Uh yeah. I th- honestly, a lot of those James Bond movies fall apart in the same way, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, like, there, there yeah. are a lot of really bad James Bond movies.
1: Yeah. What do um, you think
0: of that, Cody? Um, James Bond. Favorite movie? Is James Cassino Bond my favorite movie? No. Which of your
1: James I haven't seen that many. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... Uh, I remember really liking Goldfinger. Um, didn't really think Casino Royale was like... I know, like, it's good, but it's not It's not my favorite James Bond. Miss Mickelson is in that one, right? Yeah. Uh, yes.
3: Gonna fight this dude.
1: After we're I, we're out on the same guys. side. I seen any I'm any gonna, gonna have a fucking. I'm gonna crack him like Let's fucking do uh, Bolo does. Uh, to quickly yeah. um, explain my Star Wars comment, um, yeah, go ahead. That's the, where I was trying to get back to. Yeah, um, <laughs> he was befuddled for the last ten minutes. Just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, I'm I'm mostly just I'm low key curious if George Lucas got anything from this movie because there are a lot of bits and pieces that I like weirdly fit. I mean, we've talked about that. Um, conversation near the beginning um, where Lee is talking with, um, you know, the Grandmaster there, wh- or whoever that is, you know, uh, a monk, and they're talking, among other things, about like, how one person is not, like, above the craft or the, the process, and this uh, this man Han has, you know, taken his knowledge, the things that he's learned, and used those to, uh, for corruption, for evil self-betterment, um and that's just like i don't know that's like a, a template dark that's a light side yeah exactly like yeah this you know han has gone to the dark side it's a yep. template that star wars has used for a long time now um and then i was talking about the stormtroopers earlier and this is more just i don't know it was so we get to the island and it made me think of like you know we we get to a uh and you know the bad guys base in star wars uh the empire and you know, we see those columns of, of stormtroopers all clad in white, and it goes a little bit deeper because the stormtroopers in Star Wars, as it's like, you know, discussions about the saga have gone on and on, and like, the stormtroopers are like, very incompetent, like, almost intentionally so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was thinking back as I was watching this, I, I, oh yeah, these these martial artists, you know, these people in training, I remember them not being very good, and like, w- a great detail uh during... One of the, uh, like, investigative missions that Lee goes on, there's that guard waving his nunchucks, and he hits a statue, and then, like, keeps going. He's just, like, wielding a toy, and they, like, they decided to keep that in, or maybe they intentionally did it, and it's, like, on some level, they know what they're doing, and then at the end, these martial, again, these martial artists, like, the best in the world at what they do, they get overrun by barflies, um, (laughs) like... Yeah. Essentially Ewoks. Uh not essentially Ewoks, but like
0: Um Yeah, that makes a really good point. Uh in this movie on on a very broad level, and this is maybe a weird thing to say, but it's doing a similar thing that that Star Wars is doing, like modernism wise, right? Yeah. Which is that it's it's taking a bunch of tropes and a bunch of archetypes and sort of uh Joseph Campbell's like mythological uh um archetypes and applying them to different focuses in different framings, and saying what happens when we take this plot, these characters, and we run them through X, Y, Z. It's, it's you know, uh, Bruce Lee in in general, and modernist kung fu movies are sort of famous for like remix culture, quote unquote, and that's what this movie's doing to a T, right? Like it has a funk soundtrack by uh, Lalo Schaffrin. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. Um, it's a great soundtrack, yeah. uh, and it was very successful. It sold like a billion copies. Um, it has a black exploitation character. It has a James Bond character. It has a James Bond Western espionage plot, but it's all run through Eastern Kung Fu mm-hmm. and Eastern mysticism, and what the movie is saying is like, hey, what happens when we take a genre movie and we um, process it through eastern philosophy or through kung fu philosophy what what does that change about the way we think about these characters how does it how does it change how they appear to us and what what their stories mean or what their characters mean Hmm. um and it's frequently successful in that regard right like roper and williams are very different characters in this movie than they would be in their own movies right as it and lee is a different character in this movie than he would be in their movies Mm -hmm. he's
2: the western characters Roper and Williams and Parsons are arrogant, they're uh like self-interested, uh self-obsessed. self obsessed. Yeah, uh where Lee is like driven by purpose, mission, uh cause and like you said in in, in another movie in well, I mean, this is a western movie, so it's hard to say like in a western movie, but in a James Bond movie uh, Bruce Lee would be like the evil or cowardly character,
0: right? But it, it is a Western movie, but it's pointedly trying to be an Eastern... Like, right. it's called Enter the Dragon for a reason, right? Yeah, like, I it's w- meant to be the introduction yeah. of these things to the West. I just wonder how much of,
2: like, the things that we've been saying that we dislike about the movie, the direction, and some of, like, the inconsistencies, some of the unevenness of the plot and story, uh, some of the, like, lack of effectiveness that the actual, like, arcing themes have. I wonder how much of that is because of that processing. If it were just, like... A straight Eastern-made film featuring characters from the West—I wonder if it would be, like, if it, would be if it would be stronger. In the case of like *Pist of Fury*, that's an Eastern production, right? That's a Chinese production. That's a pretty strong, like, on all fronts movie. That where this one, like, you tries think that, that same the things. tension
0: might come from the sort of chimera-like uh, interchanging of multiple different genres and ideas, as led by American. Like creators, right? Write, writers and directors, yeah. and, and screenplay. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Um, this was like extremely. It's it's tough, right? It's complicated because I think that this is this movie is is such a template for what I think being an ignorant um would be. Uh, but only faux Bruce Lee scholar. Um, It's such a template for what he wanted. I think Mm. Uh, his martial philosophy, the philosophy of Jeet Kune Do, which he did insist was a philosophy. He even insisted that his martial arts themselves were a metaphor for um, actual philosophy and actual like way of life. Mm. Um, And that that his martial art was his um, art form of expression. Uh, the way that a poet's might be theirs or a uh, music might be a musician's. Um, But he was all about the exchange of ideas and how the, the self can be built out of um, pulling from as many different look like ideas as possible, rejecting the ones that don't work for you and incorporating the ones that do. Um, And this movie is such a, um, Craft-wise, it's, it's such a manifestation of that idea. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um, but he didn't direct this movie, right? And he didn't write this movie. He produced it. He helped produce it, right? So did Raymond Chow, actually, which is cool. Hey. Um, but there is a sense in which, and, and maybe this is the, the tragic ontology of Bruce Lee, right? Is that like, what if Bruce Lee had been able to make movies like this himself and he didn't? because he died you know Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's a big part of what makes this movie so compelling to so many people is it's the beginning of what could have been something that wasn't because of the way that that life worked out right it was hugely successful you can only think about like what what else he could have done right what I mean
2: it's it's trite. It's to say that, like, whoa! Imagine what could have been. But like, legitimately, yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge part of, of this right movie, here. right?
0: Yeah. Um. And to Cody's point, like, I think that even that that beginning, that that starting point, was extremely influential, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we brought up Mortal Kombat before, but like every everything that has a tournament, like Dragon Ball Z, uh, mo- countless anime, uh, Hip-hop. countless. Fighting movies, action movies, mm-hmm. um, and Star Wars—like all of this pop culture—was informed by this movie, um, without a doubt. I think I would like to. Re- I would.
3: I would be interested in reading about any potential influence that that martial arts films had on Lucas because I I mean obviously there's a lot written about like Kurosawa's influence about like World War II serials radio productions um I'd be I'd be interested in seeing how much stuff like this did influence him I have to imagine it would be a good amount I mean he was a film student he was a you know somewhat artistic director early in his career so Mm -hmm. um yeah that's interesting I yeah tying back to the the bit about the the master who was corrupted and kind of turn to the, the dark side. Maybe that's also part of why I'm so willing to go along with this film's kind of lack of plot. That is like the best plot hook to me. That is such like an instant, like, I'm fucking in, right? Like, good guy... Facing off against a bad guy who is like a perversion of the good guy's ideals. It's
0: great. Yeah, particularly the perversion, right? Mm -hmm. Like the – go
1: ahead. Oh, I was just going to say for better and for worse, that's like a great way to get across like – especially now with all the connotations that come with a statement like that or a hook like that. Like that's a really concise way to characterize somebody – like, a ton in just, yeah. like, a single sentence. Yeah. So, and like, it works.
3: Not even in this film, but, like, in, in other films, like, the idea that maybe it's not even a perversion, but the bad guy actually knowing something or right. having some sort of that's, always, that's understanding. That's my favorite yeah. shit, yeah.
0: Uh, and, yeah. And especially in this movie, the thing, the, the corruption that broke... Um, Han that made him break from the, uh, temple was Western influence. He's a mm-hmm. capitalist. Like, literally, he's just a Shaolin monk exposed to capitalism. That's what happens to him. Uh, so th- there's a great through line there. Again, his line, uh, we're investing in corruption is, um, huge. It, it was like, it, this is, this is, um, such a disgusting perversion because it's a perversion of, the, the worst ideologies of the West, right? Like, it's it's the worst ideologies of self-fulfillment and self-aggrandizement. Um, I
3: wonder how much of that is intentional, knowing that this is a British production for the most part. Sure. Like, but, yeah, it, it, it certainly... But, that is a but the self-conflict,
0: conflict and, and as we've been talking about it, I, again, I don't know if the movie actually does it, because the Hall of Mirrors sequence, well, visually striking, um, it just doesn't do enough to, like, foreground the philosophy mm-hmm. at play i mean again this is getting into the climax of the movie but after bruce lee has been caught but he sent his message uh he and roper are going to be killed together but they managed to um fight off their would-be assassins um and meanwhile uh mailing mailing yep Ling has released these slaves The, um, the captured people. So the island is being overrun by these freed slaves. The troops are about to show up. Um, a full scale fight is broken out. Um, during, in the midst of this fight, Lee just sees Han and they like run at each other, Mission Impossible style, and start fighting. Um, eventually their fight takes them to, um, Han's torture chamber compound, um, and then into this Hall of Mirrors. And that's where they have their final confrontation. Um, during this final confrontation, the thing that l- allows Bruce Lee, who had been sort of on the ropes, to win the fight is he remembers his master's words, which are that the enemy only has images, and if you can break the image, you can defeat the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he smashes the mirrors, um, and that allows him to see Han and defeat him, right? Um, it almost works, I think. Almost. Almost. Uh, kind of. Not because, really. again, the idea is that, that Roper... Williams, and Hahn, all of these people are obsessed with the self, and the idea of the self is an illusion. And when you um, delude yourself into thinking that the self is real, and that the self is something that you can impose upon reality and make real through the imposition of will, through your violence, you can have great and terrible effect, but you are your you're fooling yourself. You're lying to yourself and you are ultimately leading to your own destruction, your own corruption, because you're letting your uh, um, desire for illusion overwhelm your true senses. You're looking at the finger instead of the moon, right? Um, Whereas uh, Lee, because of his deeper connection to understanding the martial philosophy of understanding that that the world is something to be reacted to not something to be imposed upon it's something to be understood rather than interrupted um he is able to see things for the way they really are and sort of philosophically that is how he is able to overcome his opponent right that's it's that's something i'm i'm being very generous in that reading right like i don't know if the movie actually establishes that it doesn't i I don't think it does establish it i think that that final
2: scene well the mirror scene anyway works better than some of you seem to feel like it did i mean
3: i don't know well, it's okay yeah I don't it's have a good set more, piece
2: well that's the thing is i don't have much more evidence but then you've already given for like why it isn't the best but for me it works like it, it's unfortunate that preceding that is 45 minutes of things that aren't related to that and that it doesn't really set that up right um but i think as a distillation of like what the movie was saying in the first 20 minutes it it does come back around. Like you haven't built much bef- between those two things, mm-hmm. but those two things uh, opposed to each other, I think, work pretty well.
0: Okay, so you do you agree with my take, all of you, about the the idea of self and um, greed versus uh, sort of openness? Yeah, yeah. Do you I, think I, those I think, are the stakes established. Yeah. yeah, and you feel like the mirror scene does uh, work there. It, I, I think it. I
2: think it does fairly well. I think that the only thing that is a shortcoming is Han himself, like, as a villain, as a character. He's just one-dimensional and flat. Not to say that he needs to be anything more than that, but that he is... Like, you learn a lot about his history. You see that he feeds people to piranhas or whatever. You get that he's a bad guy and everything, but you don't see what, like, real ideological attachment he has to his cause. He's just, Except for power. Except for power and corruption, right? Which, again, it's a simplistic, like, boiled-down take at, like, uh, Bruce Lee is the good guy because he uh, doesn't fight for himself, because he fights without fighting. Han is the bad guy because he fights literally only for himself, and not only that, he corrupts others into fighting for him, right? Uh, what is it that he says when uh, Ro- he shows Roper the bones of his old hand? He's like it's a, he's souvenir. A-, a souvenir. A yeah. souvenir. Like, those little things scratch at the surface of what could be a deeper character and One. could make that scene resonate a little more, but I think, like, just thematically it being a a scene in a hall of mirrors and like destroying it. I mean, it it connects well enough for me, but it's just like, it's like two ends of a bone with no marrow in it. Like the middle of the movie doesn't, doesn't call back to that very
0: often. Yes. I think I agree with that entirely. Uh, Except that, that, and again, this is still the beginning of the movie, but Hans' introductory sequence mm-hmm. in his his palace-like ostentatious um, feast where he talks about how men are unique in that we can create ourselves through will and focus and mm-hmm. power um, and, and how – there there's an interesting thing there too, right? Because he's tying all of the ostentatiousness and even the martial prowess into – uh, and force and, and ability that, that these men have, he's, he's tying a connection to that, to um, the, the corruption and evils of of hurting other people and um, torturing and uh, drug use and corruption. He's saying that those things are one and the same and that like the true face of power is the imposition of the self and the destruction of other I- ideas whereas uh like bruce lee is more about being affected by other de- ideas and letting those ideas flow through mm-hmm. you um and and how the the self is defined not by what you put out but by how you can be affected um there's that exchange almost works for me um but then like you said the meat of this movie is just a fight in infiltration, uh like faux sexy sequence, right? Where there are there are women who are sleeping with Roper and Williams, and like that's almost entirely this movie, right? That that happens like three times in that sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh side note, wow, women in this is a pretty sexist movie. It's rough. Yeah. L- right? Like like women are an element of Han's sort of illusionary house of pleasures. Like they're they're objectified literally as objects of desire. Uh, that you can have if you give yourself over to hedonism it, and self-aggrandizement. It doesn't
2: subvert that, but it does, like, there's, there's a slight layer to that when Bruce Lee breaks into the compound the second time and sees the women, like, being inducted into this process, being addicted to opium, mm-hmm. and it's shown to be, like, a it's rather like, horrifying. Horrible. It's fucked up. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, like, again, yeah. not good in terms of, like, representation or placement of women in this movie, but, like, it does... I don't want to use this word subvert because that might be too smart for what the movie's actually doing, but it is showing you a little bit more of like what what how how it got to be this way rather than just like. And Women again, are his slaves?
0: It's so. it's largely used to characterize Lee himself, right? Like mm-hmm. in the in the first sequence, uh, their first night on the island, um, the the sort of head woman. Um, sorry, I can't remember her name. I'm terrible. Does she have a name I in this movie? I want to say movie? it's Tanya. I mean, they did. Oh, a, it is. They Tanya. did. They, they did, did it's, a it's Tanya. poor job. It's them, Anna anyway. yeah. it's, Tanya Capri is Tanya. Yeah, she she brings women to first Williams and then Roper, and then um Lee, and Lee says, oh, I want the woman I saw earlier, who was uh, part of a demonstration that Han gave during his feast, uh, which is a cool scene. Um, but it turns out that that's Mei Ling, and he recognized that it was Mei Ling and wanted to talk to her. It's literally the fact that he can see because he doesn't have desire, right? And the, the desire gives him the true sight to see things for what they are and to commune with uh, Mei Ling. Um, juxtaposed to Williams and Roper, who both sleep with women. Right. Um, In hopefully. different ways
3: that kind of yeah. add to their, the to their stereotype yep. nature. Yep. Yes. Um,
0: I want to bring it up for a
2: second. I, I brought this up last night and I haven't been able to get it out of my mind. Uh, Roper's – no. Williams' room is decorated with a lot of, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> african um
3: like – there's a Black Power fist There's poster. There's a Black Power poster. Yeah. There's a
2: Jimi Hendrix poster. There's a lot of, like, very psychedelic-looking stuff in his room that's not in Roper's room, that's not in Bruce room. Who would room. go to a hotel and bring a
3: poster? Like, <laughs> gotta put my posters up. Well, stay it, in the night. It, it, right,
2: like... It's either that or... Or they decorated it for him <laughs> and said, like... This black yeah, guy's going to love me this Jimi Hendrix poster, yeah. poster and his black power poster. No, I think he brought him. I think he brought him himself he, because he fucking He's so. like, this
3: is, my, this is my poster suitcase. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah <laughs> this sure. is my poster suitcase. <laughs> they get bent. They get bent. Got to put them in the tubes, you know?
2: <laughs> what yeah. What the hell did Roper have in all of his suitcases, by the way? Was it just different outfits? Probably Because he wears like yeah. three Oh, yeah. It's got to be outfits.
0: Yeah. Uh, some great Turtle fits Nex. in this movie. He looks good in this movie. Also, like... Really uh, Bruce Lee, inexplicably, like, one of the all-time fashion icons. The man looks so good in his suit. I was like, what the fuck? My favorite
2: look in this movie of his, the funeral look, where he's standing at the grave of his mother and sister, and he's just, like, suddenly decked out in these yeah. like, three-foot-long He's got, long like, good fellows collars. Yeah, yeah. so good. The
1: man looks good. I like the joggers that he fought in, the ones that are, like, kind of baggy, and then yep. all of a sudden they just, like... Get nice and tight around his skinny little Bruce Lee
0: ankles. It's it also looks so good. It's like it's that's important because like also um m- maybe this is this isn't maybe an element of Bruce Lee that, at least for dumb guys like us, has uh fallen <laughs> by the yourself. wayside in the intervening years. He but like for, me too. for all of these things uh that Bruce Lee was, he was also a sex icon. Like Bruce Lee was like a hot dude that people like love to look at. Mm-hmm. Um and like there is some great Bruce exploitation in another way in this movie, where, like, during the big climactic action sequence, somebody cuts him, and his shirt falls off, and he has to just, like, rip it off, and then for the rest of this scene, he's just, like, like, oiled, buff <laughs> chest fighting these dudes, and he's, like, shirtless for uh, most of this movie, Jackie right? Chan can't keep his arms off him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point, too. Jackie Chan is in this movie for a second. And it's he hilarious. Closest,
2: he gets the closest to, like, ruining Bruce Lee, though. He, like, puts him in a bear
0: hug, and he's quickly... Has his fucking vertebrae shattered? <laughs> um, how did you feel about the fight choreography in this movie? Because this might be another hot take. Love I I- the fight choreography in this movie. Really?
2: Wish I would seen any of the fight yeah. choreography that's, in this movie. Maybe that's a that's how point. I feel about it. Is like it, it, the camera's always moving, so like you do get a sense of motion, but it's just like a spasmodic, like shaking motion. Like again, I'm comparing it to uh, Jackie Chan films, where you're seeing like the whole frame, you're seeing the action the impact and the reaction all in one shot usually and this movie is like it doesn't it doesn't not give you that it just doesn't let you see the whole thing mm-hmm. like again the frame is not the frame the frame is like showing it's almost like you know those memes where like people zoom in on like a small part of a video to show you somebody's reaction to what's happening in the video rather than <laughs> like the video that's how I feel about some of the... Some it's, of like the like, a
3: re, it's like a reaction shot video, but every reaction is Bruce Lee not reacting because he's a badass, and exactly. so that's the Stone whole thing. Face. Uh, yeah.
2: The actual, like, when you do get to see motion, and you see, like, whole bodies at a time, it's it's really good, right? Like, it's... Everybody... Like, they have some of the top talent in martial arts at the time working at
0: the, in yeah, this movie. I think that, that... I don't know. This might be a hot take. I like... I think Bruce Lee sells martial arts better than virtually anybody ever has mm. on camera. Like, it looks like dynamite. It looks amazing. Um, he had a sensibility for fight choreography that it should be realistic. Um, that is respectable and maybe not something that I love to watch. Mm. Uh, I like, legitimately, like watching Bruce Lee movies a lot, but also, like, there is a really clear difference between his fight choreography sensibility in somebody like Jackie Chan's, where Jackie Chan is about, like, let's be as creative and wild as possible, and Bruce Lee is like, no, actually, like, that's not how fights I work. I came here to whip like, ass. Like, really, I would ass. just, like, punch this guy very quickly in the face, and it would hurt a lot, and he would fall over. Mm. And it's like, that might be true, Mr. Lee. <laughs> like, I respect <laughs> that. I like it very much. Uh, I want to see Jackie Chan do 16 flips through the air, and, like <laughs> like, fight 16 dudes at once by, like, on like, a
3: playground, like, flipping yes, through monkey bars. Yes. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, I know it's not realistic, but, like, that form of expressive kung fu violence is, like, the thing that I love more than anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not really what Bruce Lee did. Right. Um, which is, you know, it's it, maybe a hot take. It but fits like, in this movie.
2: It's a pretty, like, it's got some darker themes in this movie. Yes. That style does fit. Very dark, this movie. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really talk about how dark it can get. It's it's interesting, right? Like, because... The way that it portrays a lot of its central plot themes and, like, elements is... Really harrowing. Attempt. Like there's the, there's a long shot when, uh, God the the British guy, Braithwaite when Braithwaite is describing like uh, Lee's mission to him, and he's talking about how uh, Han uh, gets women addicted to opium and then sells them into the sex trade. There's just this long shot, there's a tracking shot of up some of, of a woman's arm with like pretty poorly makeup done, but like sixteen track marks up and down her arm. That and he's like describing what happened to. You know, different women, like, a body that washed up on shore, and that's how they got, like, uh, on, on the case. Uh, and that's, like, really, really oppressively dark, and it's almost the setup for this movie, right? Um, so I
0: think... there There's, like, a casualness of depiction that makes it ironically scarier to me, too, mm-hmm. right? We're, like... I, we talked about this a little bit last night, but, like, in in a 2019 movie... They wouldn't shy away from depicting the international sex drug trade, but they would make sure you knew that it was the scariest thing of all time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm thinking about a movie like Taken, which also depicts the international sex drug trade, but they go out of their way to be like, hey, this is the most fucked up shit anybody's ever heard of. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't understand how terrible this is. Whereas this movie is like... Yeah, this is a thing that happens. Like, Like, of
2: course it does. During that tracking shot I'm talking about, there's, like, he's just reading from a piece of paper. He's literally reading from the case file about how Han does what he does. Right. And he's saying it in the most blasé manner. I don't know if that's intentional or if it's just, like, quick plot delivery. And we
0: talked about, there is, there are more horrific scenes later, right? Like, we see people in cages. We see uh, a young blonde woman screaming, like, help me, I'm from California. Like, right next to a woman who's just, like, dead-eye, 1000 yards staring ahead. Uh, That's fucking horrifying uh it's really scary yeah
1: um tanya um roper's pseudo love interest in this movie gets killed off screen she's just found laying on the ground that sucks after that battle roper's like after
2: the big battle roper's sitting there just looking exasperated all beaten and bruised and he just notices her through like the legs of a folding chair just dead on the ground. i wish that they had they had called back
0: uh Roper says a woman like that could tell tell you a lot about yourself. And then when they're sleeping together, he's like, this is who I really am. Like, this is the real me. I, <laughs> they, should, they should have brought that up again. The real <laughs> Roper me gets the best scenes. Me. And he should have been like, I guess I did learn a lot about myself when he looked at her dead body, Roper. Uh, anyway, I think it, I think it's really interesting, the casualness of depiction of mm-hmm. uh, that horror. Because it's, it's a really interesting, uh, formalist way to... Make the movie's point about how really all sort of impositions of will of the self are fundamentally, um, this is their logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the idea of zero sum, not quite capitalism. I don't think this movie is making, um, that broad statement that, or that specific, a political ah. statement pointed a statement, but the sort of idea that the, um, Obsession of self and the imposition of will that leads to are that that flows from the obsession of self the not only like I I exist and I am going to make myself exist by uh, transposing my will upon the world and making the world look more like me mm-hmm. is a fundamentally evil thing to do and it leads to like the logical end point of that approach to life are the most horrific things we can imagine, like in international sex drug trade. I think that that's what this movie is representing the international sex drug trade as, as like Han is so far gone because he has followed the same sort of idea of what Williams and Roper are to its logical conclusion. And so either you have to break from that idea or you become Han. And like Roper broke from Han and Williams broke from Han So there, there is a spectrum, but the spectrum leads to. Like, that is the one end point of the same thing. Mm. Han is not categorically different from those people. He is just a more monstrous version of right. who they He's are. He's just further along right. in it, right? Uh, which is fascinating and not something that you would see in another genre depiction like mm. this, right? Like, it's doing the same thing that James Bond movies do, right? Where, like, every mm. villain is a dark reflection of who Bond is. And so we are meant to understand what Bond represents in opposition to them. But it's doing that processed through... An eastern lens. A villain like that can teach you
3: a lot about yourself. I think I might disagree with that categorization of Bond villains, okay. but I think that that you is, a, that is a modern, that is a modern, that idea of a villain is maybe more of a modern lens that has emerged that Bond movies have, unfortunately, kind of, it's, that is the worst aspect of modern Bond films. That is one of the problems with Spectre. Like you, is, you're more like me than you believe, sure. Bond. Sure. Uh, yeah, there was like a weird detachment that Bond had from a lot of earlier villains. That you liked? Uh, sure. There's a lot of those, there's a lot of those early Bond movies that I like. Maybe with a lot of caveats. Like a lot of caveats. Like, like more caveats than maybe caveats. is fair. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I view, well, not entirely, but I view a lot of the juxtaposition of, of the protagonist and the villain as maybe a slightly more modern thing or at least it's something that's pointed out a lot more in modern films yeah i don't think they um, pointed out uh, in a super like obvious
2: way in this movie i think it's inferred by the way that he interacts with them in many ways i think
0: sure
3: that's uh, kind of text
0: yeah yeah i mean you know joseph campbell and the entire canon of yeah uh, western <laughs> literature and formalist criticism disagree with your analysis there but that's fine the shadow self you he's know, fucking dead villains man so are antagonists are about a yeah.
2: about I'm glad I know all of that and who that <clears throat> is and what he wrote about and all of his books. I'm just kidding. I'm no, I'm kidding. I think Did that that's an games? interesting
0: point. Uh, uh,
3: you tell me. I don't
2: know. <laughs> video games. Man. I'm, uh, I'm I'm near the end of what I'd like to say about this movie, but I want to
1: see what. Cody's feel like got I talk in, too much. I apologize. I think it's that. time. Nope, for it's
0: t- I think it's time.
1: Cody's noties. This is already going really long. We don't have to do that.
0: Cody's noties.
3: I hate this a lot. Um... What video games would you compare this to? No, nope,
0: we're doing Cody's Noties. We'll do that afterwards. Okay. Oh my God. Well, we're the Noties.
1: Cody. Whoops! I just knocked the pop filter. You um, can move
3: a little bit closer to that mic. It's a little bit. Uh, a, yeah, a little bit. Clo- little, little bit um, closer to the, the mic. Uh,
1: one other thing: we've we've uh, gone back to the uh, that mm-hmm. early in the movie conversation um, that Lee had at the at his temple. Um, mm-hmm. The it made me think a lot of a specific episode of Cowboy Bebop. Um, is it Waltz for Venus? Um, waltz with Venus? I've got it pulled up. Um, do, 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 is episode this a eight. mid-series?
0: If we're going to talk about Cowboy Bebop, I'm going to be here for another oh, we're, 40 we're minutes. Episode to... 8, Waltz for Venus. Mm-hmm. I just want
1: to read the quote. Okay. Um, i got to go do laundry. That so made me... Oh, God. There <laughs> it is. So, um, Cowboy Bebop is a television show, not a video game. Um, and, uh, this one in particular brings Spike to, uh, a planet where he interacts with a young man who, uh, basically becomes his sort of pseudo-disciple, um, over the course of, the, um, oh, his, great his name's yeah. Rocco, he's very taken with how Spike, um, fights, uh, you know, a bad guy, or a couple of bad guys, and the ideology, I mean, Spike's I- ideology is very, I think, Lee-esque throughout, um, the series, in oh, specific so moments, smart, um, and this episode in particular, there's a conversation the two have when they just have this you know, conversation scene together. Uh, this guy Rocco goes, uh, how'd you do that? Because um, they're sparring with one another. Uh, and Spike goes, you're tense. I'm calm. You apply excessive force. I control that force through fluid motion. That means relaxing the whole body so it can react instantly without resistance. No, without thought. Do you see now? It means becoming like clear water. And Rocco goes, water? Spike so goes, right, water can take any form. It drifts without effort one moment, then pounds down in a torrent the very next. I have giant hard eyes uh, about
0: Co- Cody right now. I'm uh, so glad we entered Cody's notice. Spike Spiegel is a practitioner of Jeet Kune Do. They studied Bruce Lee to that uh, draw his fighting style. Um, in general, this is a huge hot take. Uh, Cowboy Bebop picks up where bruce lee left off it's literally a manifestation of jeet Do's philosophies applied to modernism and applied to jazz music and uh like be but no it literally is it's about it's about um the way in which we move through and process uh media in in a very similar way philosophically that bruce lee does so that's a brilliant thing to bring up cody um thank be- you my only other note, uh i guess between Enter the Dragon
1: and Parasite, the two most recent movies I've seen. I'm pretty well convinced that I should learn Morse code uh, <laughs> in my lifetime at some point. Uh, I'm very convinced now. Yeah, so I'm, you were in a scout? next. Yeah. That seems very important Do you in know life-threatening situations. No. Morse code has entered a lot of the shit that I've
3: done this weekend. It was, what, in, like, it was like in Dungeons and, 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 and Dragons. And it was and in and Parasite. And it was and in, and in and this fucking movie, too. <laughs> Morse code is taking over my life. It's like, it's like 23,
0: that, yeah, that movie. Par- that, that D&D campaign we played ended up basically literally being Parasite. Spoilers for Parasite. Spoilers for
3: the sinister secret of Saltmarsh. Uh, it's a good module. That too. Anyway,
0: uh, anyway yeah. uh, watch <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, uh, especially if you're interested in Bruce Lee. Uh, watching Cowboy Bebop um, through the lens of how it thinks about Jeet Kune Do and um, modernism and and, uh um being affected by and affecting uh an oversaturated media environments and culture and what that means about how we have to perceive ourselves are fascinating lenses to watch that uh, show through um and those i think cowboy bebop and bruce lee movies are extremely in conversation with one another in that way um
1: yeah. You heard it here It's awesome
0: Cody
3: what did you know. think About the 2005 Cabo Bebop game For the Playstation 2
1: Um I actually yeah. Haven't logged any uh, Minutes on that game okay. um, Have you played it
3: No
0: Oh okay yeah, Was that I mean, a spaceship game
3: it. Nope it was a brawler Beat em up really? So it might have Something to say About what you're Just talking about Actually
2: Sounds
0: cool
3: That's yeah, worth there looking are into no
2: controls You just let the game Play itself <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> The, the art of playing Without yeah. playing <laughs> Thank you very much For the listening to Try Love uh, This has been an episode About Enter the Dragon I am Jason I'm Aaron. I'm Harry. And I'm Cody. You can find us on Twitter at TryLovePodcast. Join us again next time for the next movie we do.